everybody, welcome back to Tribe Talk with your host, Coach Will. And today we have a very interesting topic called Superset versus Compound Set. And um, just to give you a brief understanding and a backdrop to what we're going to be talking about, I want to give you an understanding of what a superset and a compound set is. But even before we go into that, I want to introduce my guest with me today, my bro, man, Kenny is in the building. How you doing, Kenny? Bless, man. Good, yeah. good, good. So we're going to try to tackle this uh, one way first, and then at a later date, I'm going to give you guys part two, and we're going to include the ladies in this one, because I think there's another way we can pivot this conversation. It's be very interesting, and I think it's definitely vital we have the ladies' input on this. But just to give you a brief understanding of what a superset and a compound set is, because they are different things, although they're kind of similar under the umbrella of just when you're in the gym. Um, simply put, a superset is performing two different exercises back-to-back with minimal rest in between. Traditionally, resistance training program has you perform all assigned sets of the first exercise before moving on to the second exercise, but with a superset that, or a compound set that is different. There are uh, several types of supersets that you can use depending on your goals. You have push-pull supersets, you have... Um, supersets that involve doing two exercises that are opposing muscle groups. So an example for that would be like bench press followed by barbell rolls or a quadricep extension followed by hamstring curls or even a barbell overhead press followed by pull-ups. All right, then you have like upper lower supersets, which is like you do one exercise of the upper body, one exercise of the lower body, right? And it's a good way to kind of reap aerobic benefits if you do upper and lower all right alongside strength training particularly when rest periods are very short all right so that's what supersetting is and compound setting is basically doing two exercises that are of the same exercise of uh, muscle group not opposing muscle groups so let's say like if you did a bench press with uh dumbbell flies or something like that that would be considered more like a compound set because you're attacking the same for the most part, muscle group, which is your chest. All right? So, first to you, Kenny. Yo, yo. All right. So, now we know what superset and compound set is. Have you used them in your programming before uh, when you're in the gym or you're working out? And have you found them to be kind of effective? Yeah. I, um, I've done both, actually. And they're both effective depending on time frame you got you know so if you do like um, trying to do a heavy workout and trying to get the extra I guess gains and push the superset you know correct yeah. so cool so do you have a favorite superset kind of exercise you do exercises you do that you've done before hmm um so I have done one where I've done like tries and buys and shoulders. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I rarely do anything in my lower body as far as superset. Gotcha. So I can do more compound stuff. Yeah. So I might need to try something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got to try something different. Yeah. Now, I will say one of my go tos for upper body supersets, it's like on a push-pull kind of day if I want to do that, yeah. would be similar to what they uh, that I read off before, which is like 
uh, a lat pull down, and let's say like a chest exercise, back yeah. to back. So I can get my back and my chest kind of putting it together, all like rows and chest together. Um, and that, that's usually pretty effective. I've also done that with like um, doing push-ups and pull-ups. Yeah. So I'll do like some push-ups, then go right back into some pull-ups right after that. Or pull-ups first and then go into the push-ups. And I find that effective too. Um, and it will burn you out. Oh, it will no, definitely burn sure. you out back to back. Yeah. Um, as far as my lower body supersetting, I've definitely done the hamstring more focused exercise right into the quad focus exercise okay. before. So I've done like, um, I used to do these three exercises back to back, which would have been, uh, I would do like leg press into lunges, yeah. into leg extensions or knee extensions. Um, I've done those back to back to back. And that's been wow. brutal. Yeah. Um, but I like to do that sometimes as a beginning to my leg day or even to the end of my leg day. It depends. I never put it in the middle of the program. Right. It'll probably be like in the beginning to kind of get my blood flowing. Lightweight, just doing a lot of, a lot of rounds of it. Maybe five to seven rounds of it, but lightweight. Or I've done it at the end of my workout. Legs are kind of starting to give away, tired, and you push yourself a little bit further. You get that like that good burn that you really, you really want. Um, so pretty much it wouldn't be your workout. It'll be either in the beginning of your workout or towards the end, but that's not your full workout. Right. Okay. I got you. Right. It's either the appetizer or it's icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the two. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and then as far as compound sets, I've d- I do a lot more of that with my yeah. programming. I do a lot more compounding, especially when I want to get that burn. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when you use like arms or like triceps. I do like a couple of triceps exercises back to back to back to back. Yeah. Really get that burn you want. Yeah. And you feel that pump that everybody like is craving when you get to do arms. You really yeah. want that pump. You feel like your arms got swollen at that you moment. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So that's what we do in the gym, um, but. Pivoting and switching gears a little bit, right? Um, what the equivalent to me of supersetting or compounding setting, compound setting, would be like multitasking in real life. Yeah. Right. And while in the gym it can be effective, right. it can also wear you out faster, right? Because you, you know, times when you're supersetting in the gym, you're doing that because you have a short amount of time, we get a lot of working, right? So normally you may go to the gym take two hours, because yeah. you like you take your your rest in between, stuff like that. Super set and compound setting. A lot of times you do that when you got like forty to forty minutes yeah. or thirty minutes in the gym. You want to get a quick pump or quick burn. Thirty to forty minutes, you're gonna do your supersets and you're gonna do your compound sets. You're gonna do less rest in between because right. you want to get all your workouts in or all your, the, the places you know things you want to target in a short amount of time. So when we do that in real life and we multitasking, does that sometimes affect our ability to complete each task effectively? Most definitely. I mean burn yourself out like and you lose your focus on everything because you can't really focus on one thing and then go here and go there you're just all over the place you'll be burnt out true indeed um can you speak to a time where maybe you were multitasking and you had started out pretty well but eventually it became like you said you wore yourself out quickly and it kind of affected your life can you speak to one of those some one of those situations as you can remember yeah so um, 14 years, August 10th of this year, I'll be a for Richmond Police Department. So I'll be a police officer for 14 years. Salute to you, bro. Appreciate that. So, the beginning, I was like, what, 24 when I started. Once I hit the street, um, I started to do a lot of off-duty, right? So, 
doing off-duty, all around the clock, and working my regular shift. Oh my gosh. Though I was making money, I was burning myself out, and I never had any time for myself because all I was doing was working. And at that time, I didn't necessarily need to do that. I was just working, you know, just to be working. But once you, you know, get married and you have kids, and then you got kids, it's like, hey, you have to. You don't right, have right. to. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. So to that point, you were saying that you was doing a lot of work every, you know, doing your regular shift, extra shifts, off duty stuff. And I understand that very well because I've been on the force for a minute now too. Yeah, yeah. Um, not a, not quite a decade yet, <laughs> but but I'm I'm getting there. Yeah. And I find that while you might be effective as an officer right. or your job, yeah. where the ineffectiveness starts to rear its head, or we start to see it is in your personal or family life. Absolutely. Because you're burnt out, the patience that you expend and invest in your job, a lot of times that reserve or that reservoir that you had is now depleted and you go home and lash out, let's say, at, it, at your child yeah. or your loved one or your wife or your child or whatever, like your family members or the patience you would have had about a situation you completely blow up or explode on. And while it's great in the gym, it can be problematic to superset and multitask at home because you never really want to have a moment where you actually fail, which sounds good when we're working out. Yeah. And, I'm, and then we'll get to that in another later episode, but how failure sometimes can be damaging when it happens at home versus if it happens at work. I mean, it could definitely be bad at work, but to emotionally fail because you expended so much, invest so much energy supersetting at work or on a job or even your own personal projects. Yeah. How... Um, how has that affected you? Have you had those moments where you failed at home, let's say, because you were supersetting at work? Absolutely. So, um, back to working all around the clock. And like you said, you go home and maybe get an hour of sleep. Everybody else will rest, right? And then there's expectations of the stuff that you got to do at home. Like, say you got to cut the grass or you got to take somebody to an appointment or whatever. And Though you know you need to do those things, you're tired, and the slightest thing will make you or cause you to be somebody that you're normally not. And then that just adds friction, you know, into your relationships with your kids, your spouse, this, that, and the third. You know, so then you got to find a way of not compensating for that, but to fix it. So that compound. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. There you, you go. Compound on the things right. that matter. So and like. I've heard this phrase before that you could kill two birds with one stone. Mm. And I think we believe that if I do this and this, I get more done at least amount of time that I'm winning. And that's where I think that phrase kind of comes from. Like, yeah, I'm going to take care of this and at the same time with this one situation. Right. But if I get a little more extra to overtime, I can take care of this bill and get these cats these sneakers they want at the house or take care of something I need to do at the crib. But... Can we really kill two birds with one stone? Because here's the thing. Mm. Trying to accomplish two different things, if the two things are related, it's very easy. Or at least easier. But it still has some challenges. And you may not be guaranteed to do that. How do you effectively kill two birds with one stone if the birds are flying in different directions and they're nowhere near each other? Yeah, good luck with that. Right. But we've been telling ourselves so many times and I think 
I know women have to multitask a lot. Yeah. But I, I want to talk about us as men because a lot of times we don't really tell our story or our emotional right. baggage we dealing with because it's not always um, seen as being masculine to expose your weaknesses or the struggles or the pressure or the burden or the heaviness you deal with as a man. Yeah. And I'm no disrespect to ladies. We'll get to your ladies. Like I said, in part two, we're going to definitely have ladies on because I want right. them get them in there too. Yeah. But there are so many times when guys are truly supersetting a compounding, a compound setting, and they don't have the strength or the ability to do it at that moment, and they feel like they have to because they don't have any, they don't have enough time to get stuff done. Like we set goals for ourselves as men. Like by this age, I want to have this. I want to have this type of house, this type of financial situation. So if I do want to invite someone into my life, like a lady, or have children, I could provide for them. Right, right. Like that's a responsibility that most gentlemen understand. You know that's the world that has been created. You have to provide, you have to protect, you have to hunt, you have to do all of this. Yeah. And at the same time, they still want you to be present, which is a lot of reasons, like, guys have no problem a lot of times knowing to understand they have to provide, have to protect, do all of that discipline, you know, be there for everybody. But the problem is when we have to, like, have that emotional support for people, it becomes harder. Yeah. Because sometimes we're not even dealing with our own emotional no. baggage and someone is asking us to allow them to dump on us everything they're going through. And now we're supersetting. And why I say supersetting, because it's two things pulling us in polar opposite directions. Yeah. We know how to be the strong guy. We know how to fight. We know how to be competitive. We know how, the part we struggle at is what, what some people think is a feminine energy, which is really not. But in society, they tell you that. Opening up. Being honest about your feelings and where you're at. Like, I, this is a lot for me right now. It's a lot of pressure on me. How do I handle that? And so we end up going in two different directions. We feel like we are, but really they're part of the same thing. And so since we can't, we can't, we feel like we can't focus on both at the same time. That's the myth. We can't be compassionate and also be stern and 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 you know, competitive. That's not yeah. you can't do two things. That's, that's no. the way a man can do both. A man can't be have a have a a, a more. A, you know, softer side and still be a man. Oh, there's no way that you 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 not you're not a man if you soft. You're not a man if you cry. You're not a man if you show your emotion. So we end up handling this superset, and it's killing us. So, what do you think we can do to start to unpack that and say, you know what, we don't have to superset everything. It's okay to do one exercise at a time. It's okay to tell people, hey, I'm not available right now. I need to take a break from this and just focus on this right now. I'm not available to to go with the guys today. I need to be the family guy right now. It's not okay to be the family guy or, I mean, is that, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the family guy, but I have to be the, 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 the professional right now. I have to be at work. And teaching people how to allow you to do one thing at a time and not have to feel like you have to superset your entire life. Yeah, you know, one thing I think as men we don't do that women do better, we don't set boundaries for ourselves. You know, a lot of times we just go at it in life where we're working, then we got to be the family guy, and then we got to fit time in for God. It's so much that we do at one time and it becomes a routine in our day to day. And then when we deal with our personal stuff, it's like, we can't weather that storm within ourselves. So the slightest thing would just have us go off with the wrong people, you know? And I mm-hmm. think, too, 
I had to do a comparison where there's a visual, Beauty and the Beast, think about it. When the Beast was out and about and he met Belle, he was kind of like, yo, leave me alone. Like, back up off, right? And she saw something in him that he didn't see in himself. Once he was able to contain, once he was able to control that beast, he was able to be the man that he needed to be. We gotta learn how to control that beast, man. So oh, that's so powerful. And it was funny. Um, I reference this guy all the time. And one day, I will love to meet him and sit down and talk. And I'm gonna keep saying it because mostly, yeah. hopefully, he'll hear yeah, and, and make it happen. Um, I'm speaking into the atmosphere, right? That's right. Um, James Wilson, man. Wow. Um, and he talks about that a lot about. Yeah. The beast and, and and the man, like those, he doesn't necessarily call it that, but it's like knowing when to be that lion mm-hmm. and knowing when to be that lamb or being that compassionate side that right. could be approachable and people talk to, but also knowing that yo, I'm a, you know what I'm saying? And he and he also used a he used a um, reference of of the Hulk, yeah. and he used it when I think the Hulk was trying to show that compassion. Because we hear all the time for our ladies, like, you know, you'd be a better listener, blah, 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 blah. It's like, yes, we do need to be that. But at the moment that he was trying to be that listener, um, the Black Widow didn't need the listener. Yeah. She needed the other guy. Yeah. And it's that is what I'm saying that we struggle with sometimes. Because, first of all, we don't feel comfortable having to be both all the time. Then when someone says, it's not a superset, it's a compound set. These yeah. are one and the same. To be a, a man means to be Hulk and to be Bruce Banner. Yeah. It doesn't mean to be one or the other. Yeah. We think it means it has to be one or the other. So, like, oh, he's soft if he's showing his emotion. He's not a real manly man. And then if he's a Hulk all the time, it's toxic masculinity. So guys are trying to find this balance of, am I too masculine? I don't want to be considered too feminine. What does it mean to be a man? And now with everything else in, in society... Redefining what it means to be a man and masculine for a heterosexual man, it's even more difficult to find that space where you're not considered being toxic toward your sons you're trying to raise. You're not being um, discriminatory or against someone who doesn't share the same level or the same orientation or beliefs you do. And you're trying to find this balance. Yeah. And you got like, when do I get to be this? When am I supposed to be this? Is there a right or wrong answer? And how do I navigate this in society now with so many things changing? And for some, they just struggle with it. So they'd rather not. And they just, you know, and I'm always finding ways to become more emotionally aware, emotionally, you know, like um, having emotional intelligence and being compassionate, but also not um, compromising or what it means to be a man or masculinity. Because if you leave it to everyone else, you it'll change, it changes every day. Yeah. So, what I think, <clears throat> like you were saying, you got Bruce Banner and you got the turn to the Hulk. That is his identity, right? But once we recognize our identity, we don't have to waver or switch up for society. And if we're walking with pure intentions and we're walking with love, it should be accepted. And if you get offended by that, sorry. But at the same time, I, I come and I do things purely. And I have the intention of doing things right and just by any and everybody. So there's no way where you can really say that, oh, he just did that because whatever, whatever. No, that's just him. 
and we don't learn how to respect one another. Everybody's so opinionated, and they always gotta say, well, you shouldn't do this and shouldn't, shouldn't do that. If that's who you are, that's who you are. Don't change for nobody, especially, again, if you're doing it pure intention. Absolutely, absolutely. So, we're about to wrap it up, yeah, yeah. Um, but like I always say, it's always good to have these conversations, dialogue, because yeah. a lot of times we're not having that conversation. And I think there's so many parallels to the weight room or the gym yeah. to real life. And I'm hoping that when people are viewing and listening to these 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 podcasts or viewing the YouTube, you know, videos and all that, they're seeing how they can take those principles and apply it to life. Right. And even if you don't work out, you can still take these principles and apply to life because multitasking is something that we all deal with, right? They tell you you have to multitask at work. They tell you have to multitask your family. And the reality is, maybe multitasking is not what we should be doing. Maybe we should be taking one activity at a time and making sure we devote most of our energy, of all our energy, to that one task and completing it first before moving to the next so we can be more effective in the areas of life that we want to be effective. Like, sometimes, like, you can be a business that tries to expand too, too fast. Be a business and try to get your hand in everything. And then what ends up happening is your business fails because you spread yourself too thin. And we do that as individuals as well. So maybe multitasking, this is the way. Maybe the way really truly is. Let's complete this niche first. Be successful in this niche. Give all our attention and and invest all our energy in that first niche. And once we're successful in that niche, then if we have the ability to, we branch out to something else. And then we can truly be effective in every area area of our life. So while supersetting might be an effective way in the gym, and even in life, some moments you have to in some moments of life. Yeah. It's not something you should be endeavoring to do all the time, continuously, mm-hmm. and and forsake every other type of way to deal with the weights in your life. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, life is like in the gym. We're constantly trying to lift weights to become stronger, to become better, to become more healthy, more refined. And at the end of the day, you want to, like, you want to look good doing it. Absolutely. Right? Um, that's the benefit of, of take care of your body, being disciplined, everything goes. Eventually, you look good doing it. I don't mean that just from an aesthetic. Yeah. I mean, but like, people look like, man, you handled that in your situation in your life very, very well. Yeah, How were you know. able to handle the loss of this person or a job? And it's like, well, I've been in the gym practicing how to maintain these sets and this weight and this, you know, and I'm learning to redistribute the weight a different way. I'm learning to to stretch before I do that. I'm learning to get a spotter. I'm learning to take a rest in between. Like, I'm learning how to do all these things so I become better at handling the weights of life because the weights of life are not going anywhere. No. Yeah, when you leave the gym, you're not lifted anymore, but life's weights are going to be there. We can't give the weights to somebody else and it's like, I'm not lifting them no more. At some point, they're going to come back to you. You got to handle them. Yeah. So, like, these conversations, I like to have them because I want people to see that there are parallels to life in the gym and those principles can be used every day in every area of life. Yeah. So you're not just looking good, but the ultimate goal is to be well, to prosper, and be in good health, yeah. even as your soul prosper, right? And that's the, the mission of Afia Ujima, who's the one that's sponsoring this tribe talk, yeah. right? Yeah. It's, and it's the reason why we started what we started. Right. And the reason why we're here where we are, me and you now, because yeah. you've taken up that mantle with me and we're like, yo, we really need to make sure that everyone in our community is well in their mind, right. well in their body, you know, well in their relationships, well in their money. Yeah. And 
that's how we build our community. So we gotta be well first, and then we help the next guy and the next lady, and eventually we have a whole community that's healthy and well and living prosper prosperously, living, you know what I'm saying, healthy, and then their souls prosper. Because we try to move from that, but if you don't get the soul right, nothing else is gonna matter anyway. Got a lot of strong people that are weak of mind. Got a lot of people that look good or have a lot of money, but they're broken inside. And I don't want to keep promoting broken people just because they have money. And I don't want to. And I don't want to be a broke, broke, a broke wealthy person. I want to have all my ducks in a row. I want everything to be working well. So, yeah, man. Thank you for coming on. Definitely, bro. But we definitely will no, do it do. again. Oh man, absolutely, man. man. Absolutely. Breaking bread, yeah. as always. Uh, this is as this has been Tribe Talk with your host, Coach Will, and my special guest, Kenny, was on today. Kenny Foster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and be safe. Sure. Stay right, dangerous. Right. You know what? Um, you know we're gonna do the same thing and come home, man. That's it. And you guys have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Peace and love, everybody. Peace, peace, peace.